Yo, man. Boomus Rusty. Boomus Rusty. Boomus Rusty. I'm going to get that. I figure out where I need to talk where it will not clip out and just go. Eh. Because I get too excited when I start doing the show. And today is no exception because today it is Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. And you know what? Getting stuff done already today. It's uh, somehow I got everything done. I needed to get done. And so that means I got to come here, got to have a good time and relax and just enjoy it. Enjoy, enjoy my guest. And I have a special guest today because it's Thursday and it's a special day today. So right here, right now, Shan Baskin, how you doing? Hi, I am good. I'm excited to be here, man. I love your background, everything you got going on over there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's the best <laughs> I can do with uh, without being able to, because not allowed to go and uh, put any holes in the wall here. So everything right. is sort of up, but sort of falling as well. Things have fallen. Uh, <laughs> I've lost some things, but. Yeah, I'm doing doing the best I can. It's been uh, one day I'll put stuff back up, uh, but I might not. I might wait <laughs> until I move and I can get a place where I can put holes in the walls. Because once it gets, starts getting hot or cold, things just start falling. So, um, gotcha. Yeah, I don't I don't understand adhesives enough to know the science of that, but that's okay. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm looking in, in your background here. I think I see <laughs> I think I see Michael Jordan doing a dunk on the left. Yeah, yeah. And um uh, that's kind of what I can make out right now. But um so I, you uh so are you okay? You said you're into wrestling, are you into you're obviously into Michael Jordan and I it looks like someone on the Lakers next to him, but I'm Kobe. not Kobe, okay, yeah. Kobe. All right. You've always been into basketball. Is that something kind of that goes along with yeah. your mm -hmm. I love sports. I love I'm a big fan of sports. As I got older, I even start like watching golf. Watching <laughs> tennis. golf. But yeah, Ten huge basketball fan. Yeah. So sure. uh where uh are you someone that your team is where you live or is it some other teams that you're into or you do you not have teams and you just enjoy so, watching so like i'm in a um nashville so nashville okay. doesn't have a team but we do have the titans i'm originally from michigan so my team's always going to be you know michigan state michigan uh where, where Detroit are Pistons. you i'm in nashville well no when you were in uh oh in, oh in, yeah like right michigan. there <laughs> okay all right yeah uh, I, what do you know about that <laughs> uh, i just you know I, I learned a couple things i uh <laughs> I, I went looking at a place out in michigan um out in shoot i do not remember the name of the town um it was it was on the the west coast of it and it was a little beach town about in hour north of muskegon i don't remember the name of the town but okay. looking at a place out there um 
but so okay so you're in you're in nashville and so you got the titans but you're not a titans fan are you you're a, i mean you know i i support them because i live here but i'm always gonna be a, a diehard detroit lions fan and i know so how's that how's that i i have a buddy who's from <laughs> detroit but he he claims to be a uh packers well no no he claims to be a fucking uh uh, New England Patriots fan because he, okay, which is weird. Um, but you know, I try not to give him too much shit about that. But um, so you're you're a Lions fan, and so I mean, like, I mean, I'm uh, I'm a Bengals fan, and I've had plenty of years where it's just been like you know all the all the jokes and stuff for the team just being terrible, and yeah. um, they've been good lately though. They they have, which has been weird, and. You know, same with um, within hockey, like um, in hockey, I was I was a Hartford Whalers fan and then they went away. So I became a uh, New York Islanders fan and they were just terrible. There'd be like one game they play on TV a year and because <laughs> uh, they were just so bad and yeah. now they're good. And so it's yeah, it was always hard. It's like, you know, but you got to you got to like your teams and you gotta um, like them. Yeah. And so, um, so then what about basketball? Who, who do you like in basketball? Uh, I was a big Kobe fan. So growing up, it had to be the Lakers or Allen Iverson in the Philadelphia 76ers. What's another team? Oh, the Golden State Warriors. That's like been my team for the last 10 years. So yeah, it was okay. Steph Curry. What, is that, is that what drew you to, to the Warriors then? Was that? Yeah, of course. Cause I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know who the Warriors was before Stephen Curry got there. And, you know, they started their whole little dynasty run. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Blazers fan. So the Lakers was always the team uh, that was, it was hard. Cause yeah, I definitely, there were, I, I grew up in Portland. And so, I mean, there were a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uh, Lakers fans there too. Um, but um so how did that how did your your love of sports translate into you starting to get into making films and other kinds of um okay. was that did that did that play a factor mm -hmm. like the way I even carry myself on the set I kind of correlated to me like being on the basketball floor or a football or a basketball coach because uh it kind of just have the same it, it's easy to cross over um like discipline consistency um like being on set you're in the moment you have to think on the fly and it's almost the same as sports you're in the moment and you have the coach off to the side and uh, whenever we get our timeouts or in between takes, that's when I pull my actor to the side and I give them the notes that they need to adjust their performances. So it definitely correlates over to film a lot. And that's the reason why I have my MJ in the background, Kobe Bryant, because that's the level of uh, greatness that I'm trying to achieve. And like, I want to hold myself to a higher standard because uh, it's all about leadership, leadership, man. Yeah, absolutely. And so were you just, um, I mean, were you doing other things in film before you got into directing or were you, you know, 
producing films or were you doing any acting or any sort of other stuff on set or mm-hmm. what, I did. Uh, oh go ahead well yeah I was I started off as an actor um I started off doing theater I think in high school you know the high school musical craze back then uh that was like probably one of my first big major roles and plays and I continued to do it in college uh never really got a chance to act in in like in a film maybe twice but it was like super small roles and then from there I was already in college for mass communication I started to realize like man I think I want to do film but there wasn't a lot of women period who was directing around that time so it was kind of like a fantasy almost it's like I want to do film then I look around and see all these guys. I'm like, never mind. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should go right. So I finally, uh, I finally started seeing a lot more women being film directors. And uh, but I couldn't make the switch in college, but I ended up going to grad school for film because I was, it was like, had a semester left. I was going to graduate, so I was like, let me just get out of here. <laughs> but I went, I went get, to grad school. <laughs> get into something you're enjoying. Uh huh. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's tough. It's so many nuances, so many different things, but it's the thing that makes me the most happy is for sure. Yeah. So then are you, um, how, how hands-on are you with every part of your, your film? Is it, is it your script? Is it your, are you handing off the editing to somebody else? Are you, um i mean like and how much will you let it veer from what is written on the script to what is you know what what comes out um i guess for those questions okay so like right now since i'm like in the independent stage i believe i've been doing filmmaking for about five years, two years of that was just learning. And then I finally got into the groove. So like right now, everything, i got my hands on everything from writing a script because I am a writer also. Uh, I'm writing the script, I'm editing, I'm doing the casting just to keep the cost low because I'm self-financing these films. And these films are expensive, like uh, maybe anywhere between two to $5,000 per short. So... Mm-hmm. It like right now we're not even like at the place where we can like pay everyone yet so that's the reason why I have to wear a lot of hats to make sure we can you know get the film completed uh so yeah I'm doing the editing I'm doing the artwork the marketing I'm doing a lot yeah. <laughs> I'm doing and a lot <laughs> casting is crazy yes. casting is that's hard uh, it's very hard yeah. um like casting is and plus, you know, the chance that you're going to get everybody to, you know, everybody would be there when they need to be there, everybody to, you know, not drop off before. And I mean, there's a lot of moving parts with that. Just even that's going to go and, you know, that almost seems like a couple jobs. And I mean, yeah, you know, um, Hard work for sure, man. Like I spend so much time per project. Like I'm in the middle of rolling a project out. I'm in the middle of shooting a project. We're going to start back, finish shooting that one tomorrow. And then uh, I'm in the process of editing. 
So it takes a long time for me to get projects done because I'm doing everything plus what life plus yeah. juggling other projects as well. So it, it takes a while for me to get one project done, especially if I want to execute it at a high level. Just don't want to throw anything like out there because I don't look at my films as content. I look at it as, you know, short form cinema. <laughs> so yeah, but it's, yeah, to get the casting, casting so difficult because like when I first got started, you only want to work with the most talented or the most talented people you, you got within your reach. But now I'm starting to see that's not even good enough anymore. You need to be working with people that's professional, who has a good attitude on set, who can be on time. Those things, it, it, it matters so much. And it reminds me growing up, you know, your parents would be like, be on time and you'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. But now huh. being on, if you don't be on yeah. time, you set the production behind maybe two or three hours sometimes. So it's like and, super important to find those type of people, man. Yeah. I mean, and that's money too. Like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in a way, I mean, that's everyone's time. That's, and it's, it's frustrating. Um, I've, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how good a practice this is, but like, when I do it, you know, I say, uh, you know, call time is, you know, 1145, um, at 1145 in one second, I'm locking the door. And, um, <laughs> you know, if you're not there, like, you know, if you think you might be late, you know, leave early, leave early. Like, you know, there's going to be a lot of other people. It's not just me waiting around. It's everyone else that mm -hmm. I'm bringing. And um, I mean, yeah, just being on time is something that I think kind of has gotten lost. And I mean, it's something yeah. that's so important for filming. I mean, it's you're, it's not. Um, and I mean, also, I mean, there's there's also differences with not having to use actual film. Um, and that as far as as money and stuff but that was another one i i had a dream the other night a hmm. uh, side note here about i found a disposable camera and i had to go and get it developed and then i got to the you know to the store uh and it was like oh it's gonna be like you know i think it was like 60 dollars, and then it was like well and then like do you want doubles of those pictures i'm like you know, I'm just probably not going to do it. I guess it's not that important what's really on there. But uh, having digital is just, and I mean, you have to have all those memory cards. I mean, I remember doing stuff where it was, you know, it had to record over things a lot uh, mm -hmm. because and just kind of lose that stuff then afterwards. But um, I mean... You know how how many memory cards you going through? How much? Uh, I mean, Data? that's yeah. Oof. Like, I go through. I spend a lot of money on data because, like, when I shoot, especially like when I do uh, movies, and these are yeah. just short films, I shoot raw, and uh, I shoot. I use Blackmagic Pocket. Their data is so big. Like, um, every project I probably had to buy two what is it eight terabyte hard drives just to back up the project on and then like I have be I'd be shooting with a one terabyte and two terabyte uh SDD like so Whoa. let me see if I got 
here go one right here. So these things right here, and these things are probably 200 and an up. Wait, what is that? Up. This is an is... SDD. So how, what, I've never seen that before. So is that like an SD card or is that like something that plugs in with like a cord to it's the, something the that, camcorder? It's something that plugs into the cord uh, that holds data. So you okay. can use a, uh, you can use what you mentioned, like a little card, but I use, a, I have a cinema camera, so it wouldn't make sense. They don't make them big enough. Yeah. Or you can use a CFAS card and a CFAS card is basically like a bigger SD card, like a big chunk of a square. And those are like maybe four or 500 starting Whoa. at 512 gigabytes. So data is really expensive, especially if you shoot raw 4K, 6K, 8K, 12K. It gets expensive. So sure. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm getting ready. I'm prepping to uh, shoot the movie. And I already spent about five or $600 just on data, just to be able to store the movie. So I have two, uh, I don't even know what, 30, 40 gigabyte uh, drives, I think. Whoa. <laughs> that was like $500 for two. And I caught down on sale. So it's expensive. It's, it's, so it's expensive to shoot. <laughs> are, are you keeping that stuff then? Or are you recording over it, the stuff you don't use? So what I do is I have ones that I edit off of. So this is like my edit, the one I edit off of. And then like whenever the ones I shoot with, I just, you know, back it up and then keep using it basically. So, so. then at the end of the project, you, you're, you're, are you scrapping that stuff then? I guess like backing it, it, I'm back. It's, it it's all getting backed up. So you're keeping everything you've ever filmed. Exactly. On. So this is how Good I call. store store my movies. So we have like hard drives like this and we'll store the movies on there. This is cold storage. And then, you know, we move on to the next one, basically. So oh, yeah. then. So if you're recording, do you have are you if you're, I guess, directing? Are you directing have someone else filming then during the. Mm -hmm. Sometimes so, it depends. But when I'm shooting bigger projects i like to have like a at least a team of 10 but lately it's just been about three or four people sometimes i'm able to shoot uh it depends but i prefer not shooting and directing at the same time because i want to focus on the performances and it's a lot it takes up a lot of mental space too so uh-huh yeah yeah and so then are you um i mean are people like, do you have a like a separate monitor, or are you like looking over the cameraman's, like, they're over yeah. their shoulder, and I have, uh, I have a no, 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 you're fine. I have a, a monitor that I look at. I went and purchased a monitor. I have an external monitor on the camera as well. So when I'm uh, if I do got somebody shooting, I'm not looking at the camera. I'm looking at the monitor. So. And just assuming they know what they're doing. Oof, not even assuming, man. I got to make sure they know they know what they're doing. So yeah, you got to, um, especially at this stage, like I said, I'm at still at the independent stage, only been doing this for five years. Uh, but as you continue to work yourself up and yeah, you be around more professional people, everybody's getting paid. But I try to, I, I try to trust people that I work with for the most part. Sometimes that came and bit me in the butt. So I do make sure uh, to see, like, I, I told this person to shoot raw. He decided not to shoot raw because he wanted to edit the project and he doesn't have a computer that could 
edit 4K and I was unaware. So when I got in post, I'm editing the film. Oh. Didn't even shoot. He didn't even shoot. There's a thing where you shoot flat, and basically flat is it's almost like a coloring book. So like you see how you have colors on your screen. Basically, it would be all dull, right? And yeah. then what I would have to do is go in and color it. So Whoa. I told the DP he didn't shoot flat or raw. So there was some shots shots that I couldn't even save because he didn't even listen to the specs that like how I told him to shoot and I was unaware. So yeah, situations like that do happen. <laughs> yeah. So then are you watching like on your monitor, having them do like a, you know, a run through beforehand before each scene then and kind of, and then, you know, giving notes and yeah, um, that was a lesson. That was a lesson learned. So basically what I do now is I do test shooting, a lot of test shooting, I get my specs beforehand and then we have a whole spec sheet there for the DP or whoever so they can make sure they're following the, the specs. And also I always have like a DIT, a DIT, that's their job. And um, yeah. So are you setting up these shots then like, you know, uh, before you even start your production? I guess you're mm -hmm. starting your production, but before you start any filming, you have every set shot up, ready to go and know yeah. where it's going to go, what the camera is going to do, where the marks are going to, be where people are gonna wow that's part of being a director yeah like when I first got started I thought directors just show up sit in the chair tell everybody what to do and then I really got into it and I'm like no the director I do we do a lot of work storyboarding um and we supposed to collaborate with the DP for that but we do storyboarding shot listing um location scouting everything testing shots trying to see what type of movie we're going to shoot I remember the Batman before uh, I think it was like back in 2019 or 2020, they announced that they did the test shooting with Robert Patterson. So yeah, you got to go to set with a, a a game plan. You we're not just pulling up like all right, we're we're gonna get what we get. No, it's so hard. Yeah. Like you have to have a plan, <laughs> have a plan. Everything needs to be taken care of. And even if you still do, stuff always goes wrong. Um, and you always have to. That's the best part about. Filmmaking is the problem solving because you're in the moment. So problems want to come and your ability to uh, execute and solve these problems. That's what makes you a great filmmaker. And that's going to affect the outcome of the movie. So it's fun. A lot of work, though. A lot of work. <laughs> yeah. What's the time you had to do that? The timing it takes to do. Fair uh, no. what's, the, what's the time you had to do that where you had to <sighs> do something on the fly? Um, you know, there are things that happen at almost every set I've been on that nothing never goes right. And I always have to think, I would say we shot a movie called After Dust. It was like a Hitman movie. And um, there was a, so the hotel, the motel room we shot at was smaller than what I wanted it to be. So just like having to rework your angles and trying to figure out how to tell the story, but make sure you have all the shots you need for continuity so you could cut it together. So like every set, I'm trying to think of another instance. Say like if you somebody, one of your lead actors does show up late. One of my projects, the lead actor showed up late, four hours late for uh -oh. the entire shoot. So the last day we shot, we ended up trying to shoot at least 16 hours, right? But 
what I tried to do, I, and I didn't know why he was showing up late. Like, it was weird. Because I'm like, if you told me he was going to show up late, I would have delayed production <laughs> yeah. for four hours versus everybody's here. We sitting around looking at each other. <laughs> but uh, the, a, a workaround that was, okay, instead of us just sitting here, let's get some B-roll. Let's go get some shots outside that we can use for transitions or something like that. So... Yeah, man. Just a lot of stuff like that could happen. <laughs> so is there something of yours that's sort of um, like, you know, it's a uh, collect the story shots, like, um, like something that. Uh, like my uh, own style. Yeah. Like your own style. Like, you know, like uh uh, like a, a a Kubrick, you know, shot where where they you know got the person looking down and putting doing their it. eyes up, yeah. yeah, doing one of those or something. Doing but, like zooming in. Yeah, uh, something like that. You you do? I I don't know if I have like a certain thing I do, but I do have a style, and my style is very gritty. It's vivid. In almost every movie we've done, we're always going to have a scene with just beautiful colors. That's kind of like my style. I'm trying to do uh what shot said I I don't know. And if anything else, I will add to my style. I really love close-ups, like extreme close-ups. I don't know why, <laughs> but I do. I just like seeing the detail, the texture sometimes. But yeah, my style is very vivid, um, very vivid, colorful, and gritty. Cause I'm from Michigan. So <laughs> very gritty. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and so like, are you with the close up? Are you talking like it's what well, is it shoots right to the close up, or is it like a, a zoom into a close up, or just um, like cut into a close up? So like cut into a close up. Let's say like just my lips, or maybe my eye, or you know, just the details. Yeah. I really enjoy getting those type of shots. So yeah. So. Then what, what's kind of something that you have with your storytelling that's, um, is there some sort of, I don't know, like, is, is everything you do, is it like in the same universe? Um, do these, these people exist in the same, the same world or um, anything like that? Yeah, most definitely. I try to keep everything in the same world. I'm always thinking about building that universe out like Tarantino or Pixar. So yeah, most definitely. I try to keep it in the same world, especially when I uh, never done a feature film before getting ready to. And when I move over to that territory, I, I look at my career as a collective, like, you know, like, like a Tarantino, I think he's getting ready to do his 10th film and how he said all his characters is connected in some way, shape, or form. So that's something I definitely keep in my mind just so we can drop those Easter eggs to the audiences and hopefully they enjoy them. So, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Getting to bring in some of those characters, some of the old mm -hmm. films and uh, yeah, just sort of popping them in. It's like, oh, wait, hey, all right. <laughs> that's that's who that is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have uh do you have any that are, are like that, like that you have, or that are you setting up for, for something to have like kind of their own spinoff that you wouldn't have thought, like maybe someone that was a secondary character or, or something in a, in a film, is there anyone that like you've kind of picked up on and go, you know, that's a really, 
<laughs> interesting character I didn't think about, but I think that person has some legs and people are going to want to hear that story. So like in the, the movie after this, we just did, we released it last year in October. It's a movie about a hitman, about this woman, this guy, they're on a hit together and things just take, take a left turn. But we have two characters in there. The actors, uh, Tay and Ray, they did an amazing job. They play the cleaners and they have the type of relationship, the relationship I would think of, you ever seen Bad Boys with Michael oh, yeah. Bay? They have that yeah. Martin Lawrence and Will Smith type of <laughs> banner with each other. And cool. they were so good in the, in like those roles. They had they was dressed up in the um oh what are they called the painters white uniforms and the chemistry and it was so good. I wanted to do a spinoff with those two characters like right away. It's just that yeah. other things got in the way, but I'm still planning on doing that because uh because it was just so good and the audience loved it so much and they really. They really um, was breakout characters from the film for sure. Like, it's so funny <laughs> the way I think even some of it was ad lib. Like, I told them what I wanted. Like, I wrote it and I was like, you guys can keep it going until we hit a certain mark. And then, you know, with a cut and they killed it. So, and also in the feature I have, there's a character, a rap character that I bring up. His name is called Run It Up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a satire about, you know, rappers these days. So, his name is called Run It Up. And um, the main character mentioned like, yeah, you know, running up, he was in this fake relationship. So now my next feature film, Running Up, is going to be the the lead character. <laughs> so oh, people cool. can actually see who they was talking about. And then, yeah, so I'm definitely trying to connect the dots. And you do get little ideas like that. Because I was like, I like that name, Running Up. It's about, a, yeah. a, a, a you know, a rapper who uh, pretends to be gangster, I guess. And uh, he gets himself in a situation he got to get himself out of, which it kind of got inspired by Reservoir Dogs. So he pretends he's hood and he's this, and then he's going to get robbed because, you know, a lot of rappers or celebrities in L.A., they're getting robbed left and right. <laughs> yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Let me stop laughing. It's not funny, but it's ironic, right? So we're going to have this rapper who pretends he's this and that, and then he's going to get robbed, and we're going to see he isn't who he say he, he isn't who he say he is basically <laughs> yeah the uh so it'd be yeah like reservoir dogs meets um cb4 or something yeah something uh, like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's the next feature film like i'm giving too much uh giving up too much information here no i'm joking <laughs> yeah. so then i mean what what is like what do you want to hand off like if you have the top three things you could hand off to somebody else and get it out of your control what would those three roles be man first row editing i hate editing my own film so much because you know the actors got hot mics you hear and you see every little thing even if they're talking can i cuss shit about you yeah. or you see every mistake and it makes you insecure during the whole entire process so you've seen all these mistakes and you're cutting it together and you just like oh my gosh so editing editing just takes so much time another role that i would like to uh give away is casting i would rather have a casting director come with me with about 20 people and then we can go from there 
right now I probably go to Facebook groups. I've posted on casting uh, websites and things like that, but it could be a little bit overbearing. Sometimes I would like for the vetting to be done just a little bit more before it gets to me. Another role, excuse me. Another role would be, um, let me see. I said editing, casting. What else do I do? I do a lot. Mm, I love the marketing. I love the marketing side of film, the business side. I really do. But once again, if I could have all that time back to focus more on writing and directing, that's what I would do. So like social media, right? So I market a lot to social media. I wish I had like somebody who can just focus on that aspect of film for me. So I wouldn't even have to open up my phone to go into Facebook or Instagram. Like all of those posts are planned and executed for me, you know, like it's on um, autopilot. So those are the three things that I would happily give give somebody <laughs> those roles. <laughs> yeah, I I think I would probably, yeah, say the same with you on that one. Um, I mean, any one of those three would be great just to have the time because all three of those are very, very time sensitive huh. and yeah like you were saying too with the uh, editing just watching like you know it's good but you know it's still like you have that layer of you know like that someone else doesn't have like it's, it's your work and someone else can kind of you know get past what you know what things we have in our head already that might not they really only we would see that the the director would only see or the person editing would see or the person you know whose main vision it is and um yeah it's nice to have someone else and then you know you probably still have final um you know decision on Mm -hmm. what what goes and um yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to yeah, be able to get that yeah. down. And so, so okay, so then you, so your, um, your movie that's coming out here soon, your short short film, mm-hmm. is how how long, uh, like minute wise, is it approximately approximately what? I believe it's only about eight minutes. Eight minutes, okay, and so. Um, is there like, what, what's your kind of average time for a scene before it cuts to something different, even just to switch angles or something? Are are you, cause like we were talking about wrestling earlier and, mm-hmm. um, where in, if you watch a couple of different products, WWE doesn't do it as much anymore, but like the last five or so years beforehand like the number of cuts were just it was boom 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 and they do a thing too with punches and stuff where they kind of go you know zoom the camera in and out really fast and um but yeah then like you know you get somewhere it's just like set on the hard cam for a long time and you know tell someone hit someone or something like that are your cuts more um are they more fast or are they like, are they, are they long shots or kind of a combination of both? 
I think it's a combination of both. And it also depends on the story and what's happening in the moment. And that's going to dictate the pacing uh, of the story. So let's, for example, if it was an action movie and we got Tom Cruise, the bathroom scene or Tom Cruise, he's fighting a villain and we're trying to get all of this energy into this scene, right? So we're probably going to shoot shoot at a uh, higher, is it a higher shutter speed to get more of a, jittery situ like situation so like you can feel the punches much more it's going to be a little bit more sharper yeah that i may be cutting a lot you know i'm going to be cutting with his fist we probably got like what what michael bay have like 50 cameras gopros on the hand gopro here go you know <laughs> so you're going to be cutting a lot because of the energy but if it's like a slow burner let's say a, a man just got back home from the army he found out his grandma died it's not going to be a lot of cutting. You're going to you like you're going to let the shot stay still for a moment to get the emotion. Maybe a lot of close-up shots, like medium close-up shots to see that emotion. So, it really depends on the story, the genre, what's happening in that moment, and that dictates it. And that's the reason why wrestling do it. <laughs> well, did it. Uh, you know, like they're like, "Oh my gosh, we got stuff Rollins again beat up and uh, you know, they're cutting, selling the story and all of that stuff." So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's very much about storytelling and, mm -hmm. and wrestling. And um, yeah, always, always has been. And can't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there are some things that people will come back for to watch someone else do some, you know, if someone does some crazy shit, but at the same time, you can not have to do a bunch in the ring if you're telling a good story and telling, you know, make people want to invest and want to have a reason to come come back and want to know why why that person needs to get their ass kicked and mm -hmm. um you know it's it's important a story a story is important and so um so i guess are your stories you know coming from places of what you've experienced or like are they some made up or combination or like where where are they coming from what's kind of inspiring them to be like i need to tell this story so someone knows this story okay. because it's yeah Man, these are some good questions too, by the way. You're really making me think. <laughs> like think I... about my answers and think like, why am I doing this? Or, you know, what is driving uh, my stories or whatever? I will say I never told a story that was just so close. It was almost like a autobiography or anything like that. But there is inspiration that I pull from different things in life. Like, uh, or just like how I feel about certain topics like the feature that I'm working on is called engagement. And it really touches a lot about the social media um, era of things, how everybody would just do anything for clout. And uh, that's why it's called engagement. It's a double entendre about ah. this guy who's actually engaged and he decides to be in a fake relationship with a, I guess a quote unquote Instagram model to boost his, you know, to boost his presence online and to build this brand. And uh, yeah, it's nothing like too personal, but I do pull from things and I have lived a very colorful life. So like a lot of, I see that a lot of my work has substance 
And I appreciate that because, you know, you know, growing up or going through whatever you're going through, you don't see it that way. You like, man, but I lived a very colorful life, man. Good, bad, sunshine valleys. Um, and it really helps give my work substance. And it's not just one dimensional, you know, and that's something I really uh, am grateful for. And I'm able to tell stories with very complex characters because life is complex. The nuances the black and white and gray. So that's where I try to focus on. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy to give a, a one dimensional character and, you know, but really getting them to be complex and, um, you know, uh, I got, I, I say this one a lot. Um, you know, one of the guys that trained me, trained me how to, you know, do, you know, character development and stuff of that nature and wrestling said, you know, you know, your character or your voice once you can take that character and you, you put them in a fast food restaurant and the fast food worker there fucks up your order and you know how that character is going to react to that. And I, I always like that. I always like that thing because I think that's pretty true. Like once, once you know how they're going to do like that, you can kind of write for that person and know what they're going to do. And it's not just, they're just this person that looks weird or something, you know, it's mm -hmm. yeah, something a, a lot more different. And so, and especially with you getting to, you know, put them in different, um, you know, put them in, in different films and really, you know, make them even more complex and in depth um is is going to be fun to watch those and kind of see where where they all get to progress to you know what's crazy rusty i actually do the same thing with the characters i write that's the exercise uh one of my professors taught me like basically we're, you write in the scene take the character out of your your story put them in a whole completely different situation and write that scene and that's how you get to know what would your characters do with uh they was in at a bank and all of a sudden they got robbed or what would your character do with, you know, just certain things happen and I actually write the scene out. So it's very similar. I like, I like that one too. With if the, the bank got robbed, that's a good one. That's a really good, mm -hmm. good way to write. I like that one. Um, so then when you're writing, is it, uh, I don't, I don't like using this term, uh, do you ever get into writer's block or, you know, is, I, I just, yeah, I don't like that, yeah. that phrase or it's, it's kind of a, kind of a shit phrase, but. <laughs> um, I do, man. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Oh, finish my bag. Go ahead. No, it's cool. So what happens then? I mean, what do you do? Do you do? drop, drop it or do you try to work through it or. I guess, I guess it depends if like, so like if I was working on something and say I've been working on it for two hours and it's not going anywhere, it's like being a dead horse at this point. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and move on. But one way around not getting, getting writer's block is actually outlining your script before you actually write. So basically you're doing all the heavy lifting, all the hard work up, up front. And then when you actually translate that to writing a script, you're not just looking at a blank page. You actually you're have, you're filling in the blanks and you actually have something to uh, look look from. And it, it 
it eases you a bit because I don't care who you are, what level, whatever, you get a little um not frustrated. You get a little nervous when you're writing. You put so much pressure on yourself and you want it to be perfect. So it, it gives you the opportunity to relax a little bit. So like, and then also another thing that my mentor told me, that's the reason why I'm working on so many projects. Like I have so many different things in development. So if I do get stuck, I'm, uh, I just hop on this project over here. I'm actually developing a project about a, a, a female person who loves wrestling and I'm still, oh. in, I'm still in development. Yeah. It's just basically the female character. It just, it just popped in my head one day. Cause I love wrestling. You know, they say, write what you know. And, uh, I was like, man, it would be a dope show, TV show or something like that about this character where, they love vintage everything and their goal is to let's say buy like a, a a vintage boutique or something like that but the way i wanted it was she was going to open up the episodes doing the uh <laughs> you know uh to beat a man you got to beat the man like doing the the wrestler promos. Yeah, yeah doing the wrestler promos i was going to write wrestler promos for and i i think uh for the pilot episode Oh my God, I, I didn't get off topic. But for the pilot episode, uh, I was going to you'd have a voiceover like, yeah, when I was growing up, most people was wearing heels or they was doing this. I was uh, wrestling with the boys or, <laughs> and then she cut her wrestling, jumping off the couch and stuff. But <laughs> I just think it'd be a good show. Um, and not just that fan base, the wrestling fan base is dedicated and just bananas and it made me think like, why do I love wrestling? <laughs> and I was like, I want to see that, especially with The Rock. He got his show, Young Rock. I love that show because all of the stories, it's just like, man, he he was around Andre the Giant and <laughs> Macho, as, as all a, of those people yeah. as a little boy. As a know, little kid. We look up to them like as superheroes and he just hanging out eating dinner with them. So, yeah. but uh, yeah. Weird, really weird. <laughs> It's just Andre like, oh, yeah, giving that, that... him life advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like okay. this is weird to the fuck. But yeah, yeah, just making sure you just have a lot of different things at play so you can just like bounce around uh, from project to project. Like if one is gone, you stick to that one. If it gets cold, all right, let me see if I can hop over here. You know, that's all I do, basically. Cool. Um, yeah. And so I guess... I guess that's cool. So not or not, I guess that's cool, but like I guess that's cool. Like, all right, yeah, it's just okay. Whatever. Um I, I was gonna say I guess that that should be I'll wrap it up. And um, so then how are people gonna gonna find you and your films and uh if they're looking up on the internet? Uh, actually, what one second here before I get back to that, I was gonna ask one last thing. Um when you what do you do when you are writing it? Uh, are you, is it on a yellow legal pad? Is it in a notebook? Is it on bar napkins? Is it on a typewriter? Is it on a computer? Are you using a chisel and stone? Um, what What do you do when you're writing? Okay, so I try to come up with at least four or five ideas every day. Anything, uh, any idea I get, or if I want to continue to develop something, always start with my phone. That's like number one, but everything else is going to be Google docs. That's where I develop my work at. And then I use final draft screenwriting software, uh, to write my scripts. 
So straight digital. But sometimes yeah. you kind of do want to write some stuff down just to go through the motion because they do say when you write something down, you could uh, attain information faster. It just really depends, but I'm always digital. So I, I use uh, voice memos, the notepad on the phone. Yeah. And you go back and check it then, or does stuff mm -hmm. just kind of sometimes get lost in there and you forget about it? Um, sometimes stuff do get lost. That's the reason why I've been trying to do a better job with organizing it. Like, so I have a notepad that says feature film ideas, TV show ideas, um, short film ideas. And I, and it could just be a character name. It could be something I saw. Sometimes it's more fully developed. It depends. Like, even when I go to bed at night and if I, you know, can't sleep instead of getting on social media, I probably just go on Google Docs on my phone and just try to keep developing these ideas. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, so then, okay. Yeah. So now then how are people going to find your films and find you? Yo, so everybody can find me at Shan Directs, Shan Directs across all social media platforms. My film production company is called Collect the Story. No, it's called Story Collector, but you can find us at Collect the Story. Uh, we got a short film, Blitz, coming May 5th. Just type in Blitz, type in Shan Directs, or type in Collect the Story, and it will pop up for you on YouTube. That's where you guys can find me, Shan Directs. Even my website, Shan Directs. <laughs> okay i put that on there too um made it easier for people because i know a lot of people uh can't pronounce my name <laughs> so i was like and it's a long name so i was like how can i make this easier for everybody so yeah <laughs> oh yeah i mean yeah sometimes uh and yeah i mean how often do you have to spell it out uh if you're like <laughs> talking to someone on the phone and you have to go especially if it's someone um I don't know. Yeah. Or you have to go on, you have to say all the letters and like, you know, C for, for, mm -hmm. for cat, H for, you know, like, uh, it, it took it gets, me so long hard. to spell that name. It like, it took me so long to spell that name growing up, like, especially writing it in cursive. Oh my God. I was like, why my mom, yeah. why my parents do this to me? Uh, that's kind of <laughs> what I'm thinking. Like my, uh, on those Scantron forms that we used to have to do with the test, oh, the bubble tests, man. like, my my name would not fit on the thing it was yeah it i had would, some ae at the end <laughs> yeah and like well i i i swear that's why my grades were not good it's because they always thought i couldn't spell my name <laughs> uh, that's, what, that's what i'm going with but um yeah thank you so much for coming on and talking and i getting to share your story and not knowing where we're gonna go and just coming on here and knocking down the park so thank you thank you you're welcome. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. Yeah, yeah, it was. And thank you everyone for listening. Everyone in the studio audience over there, you've been great. Uh, your applause nice. has been light tonight, but you know, <laughs> uh, you're doing you're doing all right. So that is the show, man.